0: Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at Dub.com.
1: Hello, my name is Shannon and I'm from Dub.com, and this is the Connection Loop podcast. I'm here with Shane Dillon. And just to get this uh, podcast started, I'd love you just to introduce yourself, Shane. Um, this is just a brief summary of podcasts where we get into so many uh, awesome topics, but really focus on actionable business advice. Speaking with business leaders, um, Shane is the founder and CEO of Sea Turtle and also Uni Advisor. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself, Shane. Welcome, welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Shannon. Um, you said my name's Shane Dillon. I'm an Australian founder, uh, based in Vietnam. Um, I founded two companies, one called Sea Turtle and the other one called Uniadvisor. And we work in the international education space. So helping students transition from education abroad to employment globally, and using their experiences to advise future students through Uniadvisor, which is a lead generation platform for universities and student recruitment agents around the world
1: gotcha wow well, so this is going to be a, a fun podcast our topics are education uh and and the employment space the future of work um setting up a startup in asia a lot of fun topics to get into um and also talking about your businesses and, and also what you've learned while building these businesses so um i gosh i think the first question i have really is like setting up a startup in asia what what what's that like and what for what what learnings do you have that can be applied to to any founder that's either just starting a business or already deep into their business journey?
0: Yeah, well, I think starting a company teaches you so much. Uh, starting one in Asia teaches you a whole bunch of other skills as well. Um, and I think that over the last 12 months, we've all had a huge lesson because of COVID and learning how to digitize our businesses better. Um, and that's really been something from setting up the business in Asia. It's actually been a real blessing because you're You know, in the center of hugely growing economies, but it's also easy now to stay connected with clients in Australia and the UK and the US uh, using technology. And that's something we've done from day one. It's something we've been building on in terms of how we've created communities around international student populations, alumni populations and employers. Um, and so that that's been a really interesting part of it. It's just how to, can you use technology to really make a global business uh, from day one.
1: Gotcha! Wow. And so from like just to start this podcast with like just like a hit list of like a rapid fire questions. Um, what all, What's what, like growth hacking is in our title here. The Palace Podcast is growth hacking in Asia. Um, and what what's the number one growth hack? Specifically for Asia, but also maybe this applies to the world as well.
0: Yeah, I think it does apply to the world. And I think there's, you know, the best advice I think I had at the beginning was, you know, around picking which platforms you're going to use to target your audience. So we're very much around employment, around uh, young professionals. And so, you know, we were focused a lot on LinkedIn at the beginning. Got a little sign up there from LinkedIn for last year, where I was named one of the top uh, LinkedIn voices for 2020. So, using platforms like LinkedIn that are global, you know, have really been super effective for us. Um, you know, we did use Facebook a little bit, but we found, you know, real professional platforms like LinkedIn were, were much more suited for for what we were doing.
1: So, how would you recommend using LinkedIn, especially if you're if you're just getting started?
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, th- there's two sides of it. One is, you know, growing your connections. And I know, you know, the founder of Dub's very good at that uh, as well, but actually adding value to those connections. So are you posting things on there? Are you letting people know about your business? Are you letting them know about your products? You know, it is a platform where you can share, you know, your business struggles and your business successes. Um, but it's really just like anything else. It's, it's what you put into it. Is what you're going to get out of it. So be active on it. Be first. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking people to connect um, and share something about yourself. Like, don't do it generically, uh, but really try and personalize messages, really try and make real connections, even though it's through the digital format.
1: And when we talk about growth hacking, I often, I feel I feel like you know. Obviously, it's it's a buzzword, but it's also a practical thing that that a lot of you know business professionals use every day. What is what does growth hacking mean to you in in, in a daily? Because you can say okay, like, yes, of course, you got to get on LinkedIn and start reaching out to people, but maybe that might be months until you actually get a result of that. Potentially, like let's say, even if you're doing really authentic messages. Try, you know, trying to, you know, try putting your best foot forward and still you might not get a result. Maybe it's just the product market fit isn't there. Maybe it's something else, but what, what would you say? What, so again, how, how can you actually use growth hacking uh, to, to get results um, that, you can, that you can measure not in years, but in months?
0: Yeah, well, this is something particularly around sea turtle. You know, we were really looking at how can we build communities of international students who've studied abroad in places like Australia, the UK, and America, and then returned to their home countries um, across Asia. And that's really around 95% of international students sort of end up in that category. Um, So what we looked at was how can we quickly grow communities of these people, of alumni, so we can start connecting alumni with current students or with fresh graduates, and also with employers. So... You know, you can use those tools to really target those communities, and then ask them to join communities. Um, so we had that ability, and we had you know over a hundred thousand people sign up to you know just a basic website we'd set up originally, just with a good, um, I guess, product idea around you know let's get together to help each other to get better jobs. Got it.
1: Okay. So and, and with the growth growth hacking question specifically, what, what what's your advice there?
0: Well, I think, you know, you've got to find and be laser focused on your targeting. You know, I think that too many people waste time doing general ads or doing, you know, sort of mass traditional marketing methods with a really huge funnel at the top of it, sifting through a lot of um, poor quality leads you know, to get um, to the customer you want. We always took a very lasered approach, um, looking at particular profiles and saying, you know, these are the customers we want, how can we get our messages only to that community? And that was a very effective way in terms of uh, building those communities. You know, other, I guess, you know, growth hacking techniques we use, one was always, you know, trying to get in front of press as often as possible. You know, media was a really um, great asset to us, particularly industry-specific media. And we were really fortunate to be featured in quite a lot of media over the years uh, because what we were doing was, you know, was considered very innovative at the time. Um, The other side that we really, you know, had success in and that really helped us grow our business was in applying for industry type awards and industry type recognition and those were things where you know getting that sort of recognition and we were lucky again to you know be accepted and be shortlisted for for a range of global awards dealing with the australian business china um, community dealing with the international education community and around global employability Um, awards, uh, mainly in the UK, uh, but also some in Australia uh, and Asia. So going into those, whether that's startup pitch competitions, whether they're, you know, industry specific um, awards and recognition events are really great because if you do get them, you're really put on a pedestal in front of, you know, all of your potential customers. So we were lucky to get shortlisted in you know, a a particularly really high profile one in the UK, but in the first twelve months of operation, and that really puts you, you know, front and center of your customer community.
1: Gotcha! Wow. So, so with Sea Turtle, I mean, it sounds like to me you're you have a lot of specific knowledge in not only the hiring space, but I mean that, that expands out to to all of business. So it's it's great to to get to interview you because. It's, you know, when, when, I, when I ask you a question about growth hacking, it's not, there's, there really, is, I don't think there really is any, any easy answer to it, but it's it's an array of different solutions that, that you've already described several of them. And, you know, when, but when I visit your site, for, for me, what stands out too is that it's very, it's very focused on allowing, you know, graduate, you know, graduate students and, and you know, to get, to get internships and jobs um, and it's and it's focused on. There's a place you can fill it out. You can add your city. You can hit search, and it's very actionable in, in the sense of like you know, right on the on the on the on the You can get you can just type in your information and get started. Um, if you know there's a career accelerator, uh, multiple things here. So to me, that's what growth hacking. It, it can be a buzzword, like I mentioned, but at the end of the day. It's actually getting things done. It might be finding that job, like doing the work to find the job, doing the work to maybe use a, a, a platform like Sea Turtle to do that. Um, so yeah, that, that's really interesting. Um, and thank you for and thank you for sharing about what, with Sea Turtle specifically. What have you seen the, the biggest use cases for that? Obviously, and because I'm, I'm still learning about it myself here, so it's it's definitely about you know graduate internships. But can you can you talk a little bit more about the specific use cases you're seeing and people succeeding with Sea Turtle?
0: Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. And, you know, we've done quite a few things over the years. So we set up a lot as a data company at the beginning to really start giving feedback to the international education sector. Um, A lot of people, I don't think, understand quite how large that sector is. So, you know, pre-COVID, that was around a $300 billion a year industry. You know, international students are a huge resource to countries. Um, And there's a huge goodwill factor to, um, you know, that cross-cultural learning experiences um, and how those international students add value to the host countries where they're going to get educated. Um, A big factor for those students, though, is where, you know, where's my return on investment for spending so much money on my education? So when we initially put up that first flare saying, well, we're the first company here to help international graduates to find employment, Um, and do that on a global scale, you know, we were overwhelmed with how much demand there was for it. So that was sort of the first piece of it. Um, We then had to really go through and educate the sector about how important those employment outcomes were. So we did about three years of research, um, creating about 35 industry reports, looking at the employment outcomes and satisfaction rates of international students, um, and how that affected their likelihood to recommend their university to future students. So that was really a long process. The education sector is notoriously slow moving and notoriously, um, you know, lacks innovation. And I think in some ways, you know, COVID, the disruption that COVID has caused, has really accelerated the education movement. Probably ten or fifteen years, you know, over one year, with people in that sector looking at, you know, we do need to innovate. We are one of the last major industries that hasn't really innovated. Um, in terms of the products we've been created out of that, our job plus career accelerator has been hugely popular. Um, that's all around fixing the problems we found through our research. And they were mainly around, you know, graduates not having work experience. So we fixed that by connecting, Um, you know, Job Plus Career Accelerator members with internships and career simulators around the world, not having employability skills, so there's a career coaching element, there's micro-credentialing they can do so that they stand out more in the job market, and most importantly, once they have those gaps filled, it's how do we get them to develop a professional network as quickly as possible, and that's where we use a lot of the growth hacking skills we've developed over the years. And we actually start introducing students to this database we have of around 350,000 companies, hiring managers, recruiters, and industry experts. And it's through those communities and through those networks that people get good jobs. You know, about 80% of jobs aren't advertised. You know, the industry calls that the hidden job market. You know, that's where the great jobs are. That's where the jobs people want are. But you need a professional network um, and a large community to get access to that.
1: What do you think is the future of work as someone who's deeply, deeply knowledgeable about the employment space?
0: Yeah, I think really um, I look at it at a very specific point in work, and that's really that connection between education and employment. That first transition from education to employment or for people that are going back to school and trying to pivot either horizontally and go from one industry to another industry or vertically by sort of leapfrogging ahead, sorry, in their career. Um, So we're focused on a very specific part of that work journey, and that is that transition from education to employment. Um, And what I'm seeing and where I think the future is really headed rapidly at the moment is bringing those two sectors of the employers and the educators closer and closer together you know for a long time universities in particular have been very siloed in the way they operate they're not very engaged with industry their courses you know um, maybe for a lack of a better word like too academic and not practical enough Um, and they're not producing graduates that employers actually want so that's where i'm seeing the biggest change in in the future of work is You know, how can educators, these traditionally long standing uh, groups start to innovate, start to work closer with industry and start to produce, you know, graduate uh, job ready graduates.
1: Gotcha. Wow. Well, thank you so much for for having this conversation. I mean, I feel like I've personally learned a lot just talking with you about the the kind of the future of work, but also also the hiring space, especially internationally. Um, is there any kind of closing thoughts you have? Uh, we always like to ask our guests, is there like one actionable strategy that you use day-to-day in your business that that you just love and it's really handy? It could be something really simple or maybe it's a larger strategy that you'd like to share.
0: Uh, sure, and it's a piece of advice that, you know, I actually learned from a podcast. It was from uh, Lad Hamilton's uh, wife and partner, Gabby Reese, who was an Olympic um volleyball player and it's great advice just around being first you know don't wait for someone to say hello say hello to them first you know don't wait for somebody to offer help offer to help them first you know there's so many things in life where I think people miss opportunities because they're waiting for the other person to act first you know and that covers a whole range of you know personal issues um but also a lot of professional ones so my advice you know, to all of the students we've helped and, you know, we've made introductions maybe to over 300,000 or, you know, 300,000 introductions between graduates and employers and recruiters. And a lot of really what we're doing is just pushing them to be first.
1: Gotcha. Wow. And where can people find you uh, on, on the internet, maybe it's social media or, or your website?
0: Yeah. So, uh, Shane Dillon on LinkedIn, um, You know, I'm based in Vietnam and and Hong Kong when I used to be able to travel, Uh, but I come up there uh, and then cturtle.co and uniadvisor.co, you know, they're the two platforms. People can reach me there or get in touch at hello at cturtle.co.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on the Connection Loop podcast. Uh, I'm Shannon from Dub.com, and uh, thank you so much, Shane. And of course, for everyone out there to learn more about Dub. You can go to dub.com or an actionable video platform as you easily send video messages for wherever you work. So, thanks so much for joining, Shane, and and we'll catch you next time. Farewell. Thanks, Shannon.